Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter, my wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. Okay, who was here this morning? Just a quick show of hands. Amazing, that's actually a good amount. Who wasn't here this morning? Quick show of hands. Okay, so about half. Okay, so you really need to listen to this message from this morning so that when my message offends you, you listen to Pastor Dad's and you'll be set free. Um, But in all seriousness, you you do need to listen to this morning's message. And I think that, um, just quickly, we were talking in PSR, and I think it's so easy as young adults, but even just as people, to spread every other farmer's seeds but ours. It's so easy to spread Finocchio's seeds and Furtick's and Hillsong's. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Get as much Christian stuff out there as possible. But then we never share our vision and our culture and what's going on in the house. So I want to encourage you. Yeah, no amens. I want to encourage you. Share seed from the house. Share what God's doing in our church. I'll take the five people that are pumped about it. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, I want to speak to you. Uh, obviously, we're doing our series, Give, Pray, Fast. I'm speaking from Give. I'm talking about money. One of the, uh, I haven't talked about money a whole lot um, for a full sermon, uh, but my sermon's called Giving with a Grin. Giving with a Grin. Who likes talking about money? (laughs) I'm going to get you there tonight. (laughs) And I know it's tough. It's funny, isn't it? The two things that we don't talk much about in church uh, is money and sex, right? But in the last 10, 15, 20 years, we've become okay with talking about sex. But don't talk about my, my bank account. Do you know what I mean? But I'm believing we're going to go through a revival that in 10 years, our kids and our kids' kids will be like, I was about to say they'll be like, money and sex, but it sounds wrong <laughs> out of context. <clears throat> Matthew 6, 19 says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, where your money is, there your heart will be also. This is a horrible verse. This is terrible. I wish it said where your faith is, there your heart is also. If that's the case, I'm Gucci. Where your long-suffering is, there your heart is also. Where your prayer is, no, where your money is, there your heart is also. It is like this unescapable metric where you can do this, that, and the other. You can pray, you can intercede, you can do old school things and, 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 and like just lean into the spirit and get up at five and pray and walk and, and we should all do more of that, especially us youngins. But, but what I'm saying is, is God looks to your heart's location, where are they putting their finance? This is terrifying. I would love God to judge me on my itinerary. That'd be awesome. Lord, the altar was full. People fell over. He's like, I know, it was me. I know, but how's your giving going, Fred? Who have you blessed lately? That bonus you got. I don't get bonuses. I'm a pastor, but if I did get bonuses, did you put some of it towards the church or towards someone in need? 
because that's the measuring stick. Not whether we opened, did opening night at a conference. I want to jump across from this point because this series is grounded in Matthew 6. But as I was prepping this, I was talking to Dad the other day when we were chatting, and it, and it sparked a story I read a long time ago, to be honest, a couple of years ago in 2 Corinthians. I want to read it to you. It's the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church in Corinth. This is hectic. Paul pulls no punches. So I will use Paul as a battering ram to get away with pulling no punches. <laughs> so I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and arrange in advance the gift you had promised. It's very bold, isn't it? It's like Pastor Rob goes to Bali. Um, he wishes. And he's in Bali and the tide goes down. And so he doesn't come back from Bali, but he sends me and Caleb to all of you and just says, Fred and Caleb, collect the gift. Bring it henceforth to my mansion in Bali. So that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Okay, we're going somewhere tonight. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. I'm going to say that again, because Paul's just exhorted people to give, and then he follows that up with, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Dang told us off for not giving. We're going to pretend with the church in kind. He's told us off for not giving. He's refusing to have the awkward combo by sending emissaries ahead of him. He's encouraging us not to give out of compulsion so we can't get mad at him for being legalistic. And then he's saying, and when you do that, God is able to supply all, 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 all. He's given us nowhere to go. It's really annoying. I think part of God's plan for our life is that we would be people that give and we would be happy about it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you're here tonight. I thank you that in the next 23 minutes, you're going to move by your spirit. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that you are not removed from finances. In fact, you are intrinsically linked within them. Lord, touch us tonight, encounter us, and let us leave more generous than we walked in. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. This is an iPhone 12 Pro Max. And it's a great phone. Uh, I really like my toys, which we're going to talk about later, where your, where your money is, there, your heart is also. And, and so this is my iPhone. Right? I love my iPhone. It's great. And, but there's a story of giving, but false giving, that comes with this iPhone. So what happened was, do you have your phone here, babe? Could you pass me your phone quickly? Thank you, darling. So this is the iPhone 12 Pro, not Max. It's right, Jack, it's not Max. So I actually bought this phone first. I ordered it. Me and my friend Cody sat on Optus's website waiting for it to go live. Yeah, you can judge me if you want. That's okay. Don't judge me. Pray for me. So I ordered this and it arrived, but then I realized I'd made an error. It wasn't the 12 Pro Max. 
and I needed the 12 Pro Max. Now, the camera is the same. In fact, all the specs are the same, but it's, it's not the Max, okay? And I, I needed the Max. And so what I did was naughty. I pretended that I'd got this for Anna. And I said, don't judge me, pray for me. And so I said, babe, I've gotten you a new iPhone. And her little eyes lit up. It's blue, by the way. I go, babe, this is for you. Now, Anna's pretty switched on. But it was a new iPhone. And she was kind of like, yeah, this is cool. A couple of days went by and she said, why did you get me blue? I thought to myself, women should be seen and not hurt. <laughs> Shut up. And so, and so, I had to confess to Anna when my 12 Pro Max came, and when I say confess, just confirm her already very suspicious soul, babe, I actually, and then I actually, like, and she was okay, she's like, oh, yeah, it's good. I'll just get a case, whatever. She's not too phased about phones. It's not a good feeling when you give, but you're not really giving. I remember thinking about how I felt. I didn't feel much for a while because I was just so excited about how great I looked in portrait mode on my iPhone 12 Pro Max. <laughs> but after the enjoyment of that portrait mode wore off, and I thought to myself, maybe Rachel's right. Maybe Apple is a cult. It has deceived me into, into lying to my wife. Amen. And the three people that had Android said amen. And so, but I know it's a silly story, but I actually felt a bit gross. Not so much that I did stuff with iPhones, because to be honest, Anna doesn't care too much about iPhones. It was because I hid it under the guise of generosity. You see, we don't give to get. In the words of Marco, we give to give. We don't give to try and get something. We give to give. Paul is writing to this church and saying, hey guys, what happened? So the backstory to this is the church in Corinth was all stirred up a year before, right? And they saw that the Christians in Jerusalem were being persecuted. <laughs> we love you, Jax. Oh, do you want your phone back, darling? Okay. Let's check Instagram quickly. And so, no, I'm kidding. She's taking pages of notes. And so, and so, they said, we're going to send money to the, to the Christians in Jerusalem. It's going to be awesome. Our persecuted brothers and sisters. Oh, Can I also say promising to give or pledging to give is way easier than giving. And so a year goes by and Paul's like, and they're like, what? He's like, hey, do you remember the thing you promised to give? And they're like, um, yeah. He's like, what happened? In fact, he doesn't really do that. He goes, oh, you forgot to give. I'm sending the guys. <laughs> How good's that? Can you imagine if we did that in church? <laughs> you get a knock on the door and Pastor Heather's is there with her Christmas hat on. She's like, how are you? Oh, you forgot to give this week. Well, here I am. She pulls out the paywave machine and, and you're, like, you're like this, you're like, Yeah, let's do it. 
So it's a new giving strategy. And, and so Paul is writing to him. He's like, I, I'm going to send these guys because I don't want it to feel like an exaction. What is an exaction? He's like, I don't want it to feel like a business transaction. Why did he say that? Paul was a big deal. He knew that if he rolled in and was like, where's the money? They would give him the money. But he was saying, I'm going to send guys you don't know to fulfill what you promised because that is important. There's so many of us, right? If I can be real tonight, we, we promise to give and then we don't. And what a lot of preachers do is they, is they, and it's not bad, I do it as well, we go, oh, it's not just about money. It's not. Tonight's about money. Tonight we're talking about money. Give with your life. Give with your attitude. Pray. But we're actually going to see, we're going to go back later on to 2 Corinthians 8, where Paul goes, you're great at praying, you're great at fasting. I wish and pray that you would excel in giving. It's not for the church, it's not for the house, it's for you. It's for you. We'll use it wisely. We'll steward it. But it's for you to live in freedom. It's for you to be consistent. It's for you and for me to be integral in what we do with our finances. Amen? God loves a cheerful giver. I want to grab three things from this text in Corinthians. Three things that can help us be generous with a grin. Because you can't necessarily just hope you start to like it. It's not really that kind of thing. Oh, I'll just keep giving. Don't give under compulsion. But also, that one's talked about a lot. Don't let anyone twist you up. Don't give reluctantly, it says. Don't give reluctantly. Give as a cheerful giver. Dr. Carson says this. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth are some of the most prolific when it comes to a believer and their money. He writes a bunch of chapters to this church and he dedicates two of them to money. Dedicated to finance. It's funny, isn't it? Money is something we can get a bit funny about in church, but it's the thing that impacts us most every day. It's the thing we, we have to interact with money to drink a coffee. We have to interact with money. We interact with money when we work because we're expecting money to come to us. Jesus was actually exceptionally relevant. So he spoke to people in terms they understood, and he talks about money almost more than anything else in the Bible. Why? Because he knew people would relate to it every day. But even more than that, he knew that if he could win their heart, then money wouldn't become an issue. But if he couldn't win their heart, then the spirit of mammon, which is the spirit of the world, the economic system, would begin to rule the church and rule Christians. And so we need to lean in to what he says here. Point number one, and if a keyboardist could come and join me, that would be awesome. I'm not finished, but it's a tactic. God is a cheerful giver, so you should be as well. God is a cheerful giver. What does it say in Genesis? God said, let us make man in image. God is a cheerful giver. For God so loved the world that he, that he, that he, one person was like slightly annoyed. Gave. Okay? Three times is enough, Fred. (laughs) 
God created mankind in his own image. I want to submit to you that when you are stingy, you step out of your God-given identity. When you are generous, it brings joy and pleasure to the Lord. Why does it say that God loves a cheerful giver? Why? Because God's a cheerful giver and when you, he made you in his image. So when you act like him, it brings him joy. Why? Because he loves his image. Is God narcissistic? No. Of course God loves his image. God is perfect. God is holy. God is without blemish. So when his creation begins to reflect him, he gets excited and you should as well. God is a cheerful giver, so you should be as well. I honestly believe that we don't have a giving problem, we have a gospel problem. We do not have a giving problem, we have a gospel problem. We become familiar with our own scandalous deliverance. We become very familiar with the miry clay he took us out of. We become very familiar with the fact that we were going to hell in a handbasket and we weren't just going to hell, we'd paid our way there. The wages of sin is death, wages you earn, so we earned the ability to go to hell. Amazing. And Jesus came and paid a debt that we could not pay. Like Dad said this morning, he paid that debt and set us free, but he didn't just set us free. He then said, I, I'm going to anoint you and appoint you. He didn't just say that. He then said, I'm going to use you as co-laborers. You are the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then, just a big old cherry on top. He's like, all right, guys, I'm going, but I'm gonna leave, chill in that room because I'm gonna send you the comforter. I'm gonna send you the helper. It's better that I go. Friend, I would have been happy with just stage one, the no hell thing. But he equipped you and he empowered you and he came alive on the inside of you. He anointed you, he appointed you. I would have been happy just to get out of the clay. But he was like, no, 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 now you go. Why do I say we've got a gospel problem? Can I propose to you that when we lean in and we ruminate on the goodness of God and the good news of the gospel, giving becomes an afterthought. There is no struggle and wrestle when you think about what he did for you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That includes money. That includes money. You know, some of you would be old enough, some of you wouldn't, but, you know, growing up with my parents, <clears throat> they were always running life groups and, you know, I've told you the stories before, they've told you the stories about dad on his guitar and it is a weird guitar, I don't know why I always say that, but it's, curved and it's weird but he would play it and he'd be singing but there'd also be times of testimony in the house you know, and mum especially loves a testimony okay if there's ever a lull in a meeting at any point mum will be like what's God done give me a story mum used to do this thing so annoying it was very holy but it was so annoying I'd get so mad about singing she'd go go to your room and write down 10 things you're thankful for 10 I know there's so many I was barely passing English and I had to dictate my gratefulness under the Lord. But the, 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 the more annoying thing is that when you start doing it, it works. It's so annoying. Thank you, God, for Stumpy. He was my dog. Shut up. That's my dog. My granddad and grandma gave him to me. He was a great friend through many adventures. 
Thank you, Lord, that Dad's a good cook. Thank you, Lord, for Crash Bandicoot. Thank you, Lord, for the Roin boys and my mates, I guess. Thank you, Lord, for helping Kids Church and me and Jeremy had a big packet of Starburst and the kids loved it. Thank you. And then by, by number seven or eight, you're in your room and, you know, you're not quite walking up and down testifying, but you're like, yeah, life is good. Actually, this is great. Mom! What? I've got a spirit of gratefulness. Can I come out? No. <laughs> Think about what you've done. You're <laughs> 20. No, she didn't do that. Come on, we need to lean in to what God's done in our life and in our world. My dad should be depressed, but God did it. Caleb should be alone and hurt, but God did it. Rachel should be an anxious mess, but God did it. Paris should be hurting and angry, but God did it. Anna should be dead, but God did it. Kimmy should be in a hospital bed, but God did it. Sandra and Alistair shouldn't have given up by now, but God did it. Joel Brewer should be apathetic and uninterested, but God did it. When you look at your life, what has God done? What has He done there? All of a sudden, you don't care about giving. What I mean by that is you're like, of course I'm going to give. He's been so good. We need a little bit more of, 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 of an of a African-American mama spirit on us. Oh, he's been good. Oh, he's been good. He's going to keep being good. And I tell you, you don't know me. You don't know my story. But when God showed up, I'll tell you, my kids and my kids' kids and my kids' kids' kids, they're going to experience the blessing of God. And we need to, we need to start leaning in there. What has he done in your life? What has he done in your world? It's an act of gratefulness. So number one, God is a cheerful giver, so, should, so you should be as well. Number two, number two, stay with me, we're almost done. Finance proves faithfulness. Finance proves faithfulness. We're going to go back a uh, chapter to 2 Corinthians 8 that says this. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love is genuine. <laughs> this is heavy stuff. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that, by, so that you, his poverty, might become rich. Paul is saying, prove it. Prove it. Oh, I'm praying. No, no, no. That's awesome, but prove it in this area. Yeah, yeah, but I'm serving like 20 hours in the church and I'm, I'm doing my thing. We appreciate that so much, but prove it. And you've got to be careful with this kind of preaching. But luckily, I'm just stealing Paul's message, so email Paul. He is not discounting the value of prayer and serving and blessing and loving, but he's saying in this moment, in this letter, I'm talking to you about money. And I want to humbly and respectfully say in this moment, in this series, in this sermon, we're talking about money. If you look at my bank account, you'd be wildly unimpressed. Let's just get it up real quick. We <clears throat> were with ING. Read the Barefoot Investor and it said it was better. Doesn't have, doesn't have ATM fees or something. I don't know, Anna does it, but uh, it's orange. <clears throat> you can see in the daily spend, there's $142. God's moving in Southeast Queensland. So... If you want to know your relationship with money, 
If you want to know where your heart is, look at this, because this won't lie to you. You can filibuster and use all the spiritual language in the world. Oh, I give to this, I give of my time. I'm actually tithing to, 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 to a compassion child, which actually stopped two years ago, but you keep up the facade that you're giving to it. Like you can do, it happens. I'm not trying to be abrasive, I'm not trying to be mean. I want you to be free tonight. You look and you discover that I enjoy coffee. Look there, Rachel, there's a Le Bon Choix Northlakes, is there? <clears throat> Chemist Warehouse. Donut King Strathpine. Funnily enough, wasn't me. <laughs> On the street parking. Oh, Uber Eats. <laughs> the body shop. It's probably me. If you went through my bank accounts, you would find that, yeah, I enjoyed technology, toys. You'd also find that I love giving to the house. I like trying to save. It's good stewardship. I like blessing people. Not blowing my own trumpet. There's levels to this thing. Levels to this thing. But I'm confident that my heart is at least in the right suburb. You know, I might not be the location where Pastor Heather is, causing my dad to go grey because she's like, "Do you want some? My aunts bless them." And Dad's like, "Okay, right." <laughs> Come on, man. Let's not be Christians. That if our location by our heart is our money, we are more committed to Disney Plus and Netflix than the church, because we've created a billion reasons why we can't give, and we're on however much we're on, but we can stream all the stuff. We can pay all the things. This is not to condemn you. And if you're new here, we don't talk about money every week. You're awesome. I'm smiling. Yay. So, but come on, we have got to, this is going to, I believe that this is a prophetic series from our senior leaders to crack the ceiling in our church. Stuff's going well. I don't know if you've noticed, last weekend was pretty bonkers. The album's doing well. We've got new staff coming on. Legacy's going on. But this is the key that's going to open something in our church. Let's unlock it together. Don't be stingy. Oh, I'll be generous when I got more money. No, you won't. Stingy poor, stingy rich. If you can't give 10 of 100, you will not give 100 of 1,000. You won't give 1,000 of 10,000. And if anyone's earning more than that, let's be friends. <clears throat> you won't. Start now. 10% is like the launching pad in the kiddie pool. Some of us spend 40 years trying to earn up the courage, and there's no guilt here, to try and give 10%. No, we start at 10%. It's level one. God's looking for people that he can... Tra- it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you live with a poverty mindset and orphan, orphan uh, paradigm and identity, God will never trust you with money and so you'll be in the same cycle. But if you start to give, and not just to the church, but start with weekly giving to the church, but then you start buying, buying dinners for people, then you drop over some flowers for the lady that's just had a baby, and then you start to live a life of generosity, watch what God will do. He'll go, I can trust you. You're not caught up and bound up by finance. I can trust you. All right, Ben, come and join me, please. Last point. God is able. I love that the verse we read, if we could put that back up. 
Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. God is able. Friend, God's able in your finances. He's able. I've been there, man. Me and Anna have been in the financial pit before. And not because of some ministry martyrdom, because of dumb choices. And a little bit of ministry martyrdom. But dumb choices. If you're a young person in this place and you haven't got a credit card, never get one. They are an assignment from Beelzebub. They're not really, but... But God comes through. Oh, He doesn't always send you 100K in the mail. Sometimes He comes through with character and discipline and listening to your parents and listening to people in your world and cutting out movies and Nando's and Uber Eats and food and waiting until you can live within your means and all that stuff. But sometimes He does come through with large amounts. Sometimes He does come through. You know, I was thinking about some of the testimonies we've seen in this house, which cover the alls, right? All grace, all sufficiency, all things at all times. You guys have heard from Katie Concannon about how they were waiting for that house to, to, to get that land to build their dream home and the bank did a 180 on them and they were freaking out and within a couple of days throughout miraculous circumstances, <clears throat> some friends that I don't even think are believers decided to bless them and they were like, oh, that's awesome, like you know, a thousand bucks or something. They woke up the next day with 70 grand in their account. Firstly, more Lord. <laughs> He's able. He's able. I remember when Caleb and Rachel uh, had me over once. I think I was doing some pastoral care after the taco incident. And um, it's a duck that flew away. It's a whole thing. But they were chatting to me about where they're at financially and, and, and it wasn't exactly where they want to be. And Rachel's, a, not that Caleb's not, but Rachel's a great steward of money and wants to be excellent. And, and they were just finding it a bit tough. And a couple of weeks later, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but some some people in their world just gave them an envelope and said, hey, we just feel to give you this. $12,000, which was almost around about exactly, the, the, precisely the debt level they were in. God is able. I'm not up here being like, we're all going to get checks in the mail. If it happens, amen, great. <laughs> Tithe on it. <laughs> just quickly, just quick aside, if you like sell a house and make a $100,000 profit or if you get a massive pay bump or a huge sum of money, tithe on it. It's biblical, but anyway, it's all right. It's not, we're not going to check. But I'm just, anyway, number one, God is a cheerful giver, so you should be as well. Number two, finance proves faithfulness. Number three, God is able. Why don't we stand tonight? Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with him today. When we read scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. 
I believe he died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.